It's Taylor Swift's world. The rest of us, we just live in it. Wow, that's not literally true, of course, but if you've been paying attention to the entertainment news this summer, man, it has felt that way. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show, focus on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks for joining us today. Well, Taylor Swift's Mammoth Eras Tour has just wrapped up its North American run, and as far as I can tell, Taylor... I mean, she has all of the money, I think. I mean, she she took all of it. I saw That's yesterday true. that she paid each of her 50 truck drivers on the tour a $100,000 bonus to say thank you. Wow. Uh, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that Taylor Swift, who's now 33 years old, is the biggest thing in the music world. And frankly, she might be the biggest thing in all of the entertainment world right now. So today, I'll be joined by Emily Chow, Sarah Rasmussen, Jonathan McKee, and Kristen Smith, and also Kristen's baby, as we talk about Taylor Swift's influence and how we can help our kids navigate her version of the world. And in our second segment, Kennedy Unthink is here to tell us about the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie and what parents need to know about this franchise that somehow is 40 years old already. And, but wait, there's more. Today, especially, you're going to want to stick around to the end because we're debuting a new game, our version of Would You Rather. Well, before we dive into our conversation today, just a few housekeeping details. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to The Plugged In Show wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to leave us a review too. Those reviews help people know what they can expect when they spend some time with us here at The Plugged In Show. Well, with no further ado, let's shake off this intro and talk about Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is the biggest entertainer i would argue in the world i don't think there's anybody who is even close and i thought it would be worth a conversation just to to unpack that influence to unpack where it comes from why kids are so drawn to this person and to get us started i wanted to ask this question were you a trend follower when it came to the biggest popular musicians of your day or did you go your own way, to quote a certain song, and listen to other artists? You know, you went looking for those indie artists that nobody was listening to. So. Okay, I did a little bit of both. Okay, of course you did. Nice. I, I like liked. Okay, guys, I feel like I should tell you, we have a baby here today, okay? This is a very focus on the family <laughs> yeah, thing. So it sounds you, like there's a small bear trying to break breathing. on the microphone. Yes. We're in Colorado, so it is hard to breathe, but that's not why. So, okay. Um, anyway, aside from that, yes, I, I did both. I loved the mainstream stuff, but I thought it was really cool to find specifically like the indie artists. So, yeah. Fair enough. Sarah, what about you? You know, I am worse than finding indie artists. I was a musical theater kid. So (laughs) I waited for the newest. That's not worse. That's better. Okay. Way better then. Yes. I looked for the newest album. I was really into Broadway stuff. Oh, wow. But because of that, I was very uneducated about all of the, the new popular music. I was too busy listening to Hamilton. Alexander oh, see, Hamilton. you're so educated. I feel. <laughs> see, yeah, I don't guys, know if I'd call it uneducated. I'd just call right. it educated. Wise. Just, just, educated. just call it wise. No, it's educated. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. That's Jonathan, good. what about you? You know, I'm, I'm going to think my junior high years, I got really interested in music. And, and it was funny as a weird, you know, early 80s. Um, I actually 
got into the Christian music scene. Little Dick Harmon key. Ba- back, um, yeah, we're talking. White it heart. Was, yeah, and and wow. there was a church in our area in Sacramento Petra. that would bring out really cool bands every Saturday night. Wow. Every Saturday night. And I'm talking res band. Oh, res band. Undercover. Is that nice. the benefit of living in California? So, yeah, I, I don't know what it was. There. This church really Didn't had a heart for ministry and this was amazing and they would give altar calls every Saturday night and stuff. So as wow. a young junior high kid being able to go to these concerts, there were these you know, over mostly pretty wholesome guys up there yeah. preaching the word. Um, I got really into the Christian music scene. And so oh, it was great. definitely different than the norm, you know, because at school there well, wasn't I would a lot expect of nothing less. Yeah, of you. There, there wasn't a lot of kids listening to the Christian music. But um, I, yeah, I mean, I could tell you things about Steve Taylor and, you know, whatever oh, that Steve were. Taylor. Chicago know, Vera. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean, <laughs> back in the day. Anyway. So, All right. Well, I will represent for the status quo. I was listening to what was on the radio because, well, I grew up in a little town in Iowa. I remember when my cousins got into REM, I'm like, what's that? And they're like, it's 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 the end of the world. It's indie college music. I'm like, that's all right. I'm going to stick to my Bon Jovi and White (laughs) Snake. And and then White Heart. I did have my Christian music thing. White Heart, yeah. Um, And, you know, sometime we can have a podcast about the day I got convicted about my music choices and threw away 200 albums. That's a good podcast. Yeah. Um, That's good. So, but, but not today. Today... We're talking about Taylor Swift. And the reason I asked that intro question was because I think music is incredibly influential. We've talked about that on the show before. And so I just wanted to get a sense of, you know, stories of how music has influenced your life uh, because we need to talk about Taylor Swift's influence. So just in a nutshell, why Taylor Swift? Why is she so massively big. I mean, there's lots of artists out there, but she's in her own category. Do you guys have any any thoughts on that? Okay, I think I've listened to Taylor Swift for a really long time. Yeah. And I think a few things. One would be that she has shifted genres flawlessly. Okay. She went from country to pop in ways that most people cannot. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think, struggled when I made that transition. Obviously. Yeah, yes. yeah. It was the haircut. Yeah. Right. No, I think that's huge. And she's extremely relatable and she's grown with her audience in ways that a lot of people perhaps have not. And they've followed her faithfully through all of these. Yeah. Eras. That's the baby. Sorry. Go ahead, y'all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I really think the name of the game for Gen Z, as we call it, is authenticity. And okay. she is really big about being authentic. Yeah. And that really resonates with a lot of younger people, especially girls who are just interested in having a person who represents them. I think Taylor Swift does that really well. You know, and like as, from a parent's perspective, I mean, my daughters uh, were raised in the Taylor Swift era. Okay. My daughters are now mid 20s. And, um, Honestly, Taylor at the time was just kind of like something that you could actually say yes to in the music scene. Yeah. Um, and yes, especially as, her earlier stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, her earlier stuff was one of those things where I, I wasn't too worried about it. And uh, thematically, we're not just talking curse words or whatever. Thematically, well, you know, Katy Perry was singing about last Friday night. Taylor Swift was just angry at a boyfriend. That's so, true. You know, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It felt like the lesser of two evils. <laughs> it, right? yeah. it did. And, and there is, you know, as parents, you learn to pick your battles and it's not like, oh, I'll let the sin go. It, it wasn't, it was just <laughs> honestly, yeah, it, it was, if you're going to let your kids listen to some secular music, we would kind of listen to stuff together. And honestly, it wasn't that bad. You know, yeah. and I know she's taken some leaps here and there uh, since then, but I know my daughters actually still love, you know, they're in their twenties and they still really enjoy her. 
Yeah. yeah. I think all those things are true. And I think Taylor combines that authenticity with incredible songwriting skills. Like yeah, she did. knows how to tell a story and she knows how to do it musically in a way that works. Like I think about Tim McGraw, which I think was her, one of her first big hits, you know, uh, that was a song in which she, song. she's referencing this person. And at that point she was fully in the country scene yeah. and everybody is instantly on board. Right. Um, and I think that we have watched her and as she has moved into other genres, she has appropriated those genres seemingly effortlessly. Mm-hmm. So we've hinted a little bit that where she is now is a little bit or a lot bit different than where she started. So how would you describe Taylor's overall perspective on life in the world? What seems important to her? What values show up in her lyrics? And how would you kind of characterize her overall trajectory? Because I think it's in a different place now than it was when we started. Yeah, for sure it is. But I think that's why people really like her. And I... I don't love all of Taylor's stuff, her new stuff. I don't love that there's profanity, but I've grown up with Taylor Swift. And so getting to listen to her albums about boys and heartbreak and friendship and high school while I'm in the same, you know, Right. You literally grew up with her because she's almost exactly the same age you are. I think so. Yeah. And then as, you know, she's grown, a lot of people critique and criticize, but she's growing up. She's not going to sing about the same stuff that she used to. She's now singing about like a different phase of her life and dating as an adult, reflecting on what it was like to date in the public eye um, and to be criticized for so many years and then to fall in love and potentially get married, which we know she broke up with Joe Alwyn, right? Like they're not a thing anymore. Sorry. I don't know if I should know that, but I know that. You know that. Right. And so (laughs) like I it's been really interesting to to go through this because I so many people feel like they go through it with her right. and that's the appeal. Yeah. And I think another appealing thing about Taylor Swift is that she's really willing to challenge the criticism. Yes. I think one of the biggest things people criticize her about is that she's talking about all of these breakups and um, her different relationships with men. And sure, that's not great from a Christian perspective, but there are also a lot of male artists who do that all the time and get absolutely no criticism. And they do it like vulgarly. Yeah. And I think her honesty really appeals to a lot of people. Yeah, I would agree with that. So... I'm going to answer my own question and give you a perspective from a dad yeah. who has a 12 and a 14 year old. Uh-huh. Yeah. And here's my confession. I made the decision with my wife that our girls could listen to this stuff. And I've had moments where I'm like, I don't know, you know? And so we talk about Taylor Swift lyrics. We are going to see the Taylor Swift concert. Yeah. So that's my full confession well that even that even sounded like old we're gonna go see the taylor swift well right yeah on the the facebook right right right. (laughs) that was good yeah i'm right there with you i'm actually not as old as i sound um you're my age that's why it's okay right right my perspective is and this is what i've tried to to help my girl see is like what does she say is normal you know that worldview question that we talk about and what is her perspective on who she is in relationship to all of these relationships. Because my observation, and I may take some flack on this because this is going to be a little bit critical, 
is that Taylor's entire identity revolves around romance. Yes. And when she was younger, she had the knight in shining armor, you know, that whole sort of romanticized thing. And then things started not working. Well, then it was revenge. Well, and then it was revenge. There was this anger thing. Yeah. Yeah. And in the last couple of albums, it's this whole mix of emotion of... There's some light stuff. There's a lot of dark stuff. There's also a lot of like heavy sexual content, There's a, yes, you know, as exactly. she's gone through. And, and so it feels to me like there has been a disillusionment. And so she has grown up. That's fair. I don't disagree with that. And we're getting the more adult version, but I don't know what she would say the gospel is. When she was younger, the gospel was this romantic ideal it didn't work for her. Mm-hmm. And now she's sort of sorting through the aftermath of a lot of things that haven't worked, but it's still like her entire identity from my perspective revolves around men. Yeah. Like, I don't know that I can name a single one. Oh, I one. know a few. Okay. You, well, that's good. Yeah. So she sings I, a song I, about chickens. No, she sings a song about her mom. That's sick. right. Okay. And I'm not trying and to be a hater. I'm mostly mom. just yeah. trying to say, <laughs> yeah. I feel like she's at this place that's, just kind of jaded right now. And I'm trying to help my girls. And you're like, why do you let your girls listen to this if that's how you feel? That's a great question. We're navigating it. We talk about yeah, it. Yeah, you know, there's also a difference between if you're eight and your 10-year-old want to listen to it or your 15 or your yes. 17-year-old want to miss yep. to it. And I know some parents are like, what about 12 and 13? Yeah, that, well, yeah. that's I a mean, tough my, one. You're right. My youngest is 13, <laughs> yeah, or yeah. almost 13. It's a tough one. But when it comes to a lot of the entertainment media that we're gonna that we're going to encounter in this world... Um, you know, we're navigating, think about it. Most, most of kids, even if they're homeschooled, even if they're yeah. pretty sheltered, they're going to be on a sports team. They're going to be outside the house. They're going to encounter friends right. who have boyfriends. And, and I think a lot of what we can do when we encounter certain types of entertainment media is we can talk with our kids about, Hey, Hey, if your friend is having this perspective, what can you say? What do we, how do we treat people that are, uh, struggling like this? How do we do this? Cause those are real life questions. Now, is this what you want them listening to every night for hours as they're fading off to sleep? That's another question. Yeah. Because that's also when it starts to become that map of right. where you're mm-hmm. going. This is how I need to encounter relationships. All of a sudden, Taylor is now their counselor. Right. You know, uh, if we're sitting there going, hey, how would I encounter Taylor and the Taylors I'm going to meet out there? How can I show them love like Christ would show them love is one thing. But to start thinking, you know, Taylor's got a good point. What would Taylor do? You know, that's when it starts yeah. to become. And so as parents, that's it's a tough one. Yeah, I love what you said about parents and kids working together to navigate Taylor Swift and other music. You know, I think what a better place to learn about these different worldviews than with your parents in a place that isn't directly with another person. Like you can hear about these worldviews from Taylor Swift and other worldly music artists, but then be able to have a conversation about it and not when you're actually going head to head with someone who has that worldview, but in a safe place with your parents. So then you're equipped to mm-hmm. That's good. have those conversations. Go out. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things that actually made me think of was when I was younger, Stacey Arrico was a really big deal in the music industry. And she came out with a song about a boyfriend and a breakup and people went nuts. In a negative way. They were like, there's no way she can still be saved. (laughs) And you guys, seriously, I just remember thinking, come on. Wait a minute. Like, I like boys. I would like a boyfriend. I can't talk about this stuff or feel any kind of thing. I might break up with a boy someday. Right. And so I think 
to pretend that it doesn't exist as if that will never happen is ridiculous. Yeah. But like you were saying, Adam, Sarah, yeah. like this is what we believe as a family. This is where we are. This is what the gospel says. And, and honestly, like you were saying, Jonathan, if you're too into Taylor, right? If this is hours upon hours upon mm-hmm. hours of anything is usually not a good thing. Right. But it will start to affect how you view love. Yeah. And biblically, what God is calling for, what real life marriage calls right. for is very different from this romanticized version of love. And, and that's a good point that how are we going to actually compare to what the Bible says about this if we aren't in the word? Right. And I know we said a lot in this podcast, but just just being real. I mean, as I look back on my own parenting, I'm sitting here, you know, watching Kristen holding this beautiful baby right here. And I look back and I sit there and think, man, I, you know, if I could do it over, <laughs> I know that I would spend more time as a family in the word because so often I think sometimes we can be so caught up in uh, trying to point out all the lies and beware of the lies and we forget to point to the truth. And and I just, Mm -hmm. I wish I could go back and spend more time reading those Jesus stories where Jesus was hanging out with Matthew and a bunch of notorious sinners. And guess what happened? A bunch of religious people showed up and said, why are you hanging out with these notorious sinners? And Jesus goes, well, because sick, People need a doctor, not those who think they're already good enough. And and when you're reading those kind of scriptures with your family, they're hopefully understanding how to navigate some of these situations. But on the other side, yes, there's that line. It doesn't mean, so let your kids listen to whatever they want. As long as they have the Bible. No, I mean, we can become inundated with this stuff. And as parents, that's where we got to have some very helpful boundaries. Yeah. Well, and I think that, in sharing my story, I share it not as this is the right answer and this is what you should do. I share it from the perspective of here's what we're doing. My daughter's two best friends' parents won't let her listen to Taylor Swift. And I think that is a totally legitimate stance. And they have girls that occasionally sneak off to listen to stuff. I'm not saying that that means you just you know, if you can't beat them, join them. That's not what I'm trying to say. But I think that no matter what approach you pick, Mm -hmm. there are going to be things that you have to deal with, right? Mm -hmm. And this is one that I think many, many families are trying to navigate right now. And and let me also say, I, I think especially as Taylor has gotten into some material that is more explicit and on her last few albums, it is an opportunity to have a conversation about sexuality. We often talk about that with regard to movies and with regard mm-hmm. to TV, but music is another place where that talk comes up. And so just asking those questions, what is the purpose and place of sexuality in our life? How's it going for Taylor? Like if you just take her stories as sort of a <laughs> confessional narrative exactly. of how her life is going, I actually don't think it feels like it's going very well. Like she doesn't strike me right now as very happy. Yeah, and that if, doesn't, if, and that's if, not me being a hater. That's me just making an observation about her lyrics. I mean, if, if she was on Dr. Phil show back in the day, he'd be like, so how's that working for you? How's that working for you? My husband and I just had this conversation the other day because I thought I told him, I was like, he doesn't care. Taylor Swift just broke up with this guy. She's been dating for like eight years. My point was how sad, like you're like 32, 33, And I mean, everyone, you know, it's in whatever timeline it happens, but like, I love the fact that like, I get to grow a family and I get to do all this stuff. And it would be so difficult to even go to a concert and perform these same songs that like have memories attached to them. Mm, And so to really like ponder that, like, 
she might take a narrative like a whatever it is that she writes about and, and make it sound however, but is that how she really feels about it? You know, right. that's so hard. Well, and one of the things I've talked about with my daughters is how lonely she must be. Like she doesn't have any peers. There's nobody who plays the game on her level. You know, she just broke up with this guy. I mean, honestly, how hard would it be to be Taylor Swift's boyfriend? It would be pretty hard. Yeah. You would have to be awfully secure in who you are because her success is bigger than anything you're ever going to achieve, well, probably. And here's a good opportunity for us as parents also to not only just show compassion, but also show humility in that we are all messed up people. Well, yeah, we are all messed exactly. up people. And I hope we would always come across with, oh man, Taylor, like us has got real life issues, you know, and, and she's got struggles. And my gosh, if people were looking at my life and every mistake I made, you know, I'm, I'm sure they could criticize a ton. And I hope that we could demonstrate that kind of humility instead of a condescending, oh, what's this girl doing? Well, and she remains pretty self-aware and we didn't talk about that, but I think that's another key to her appeal. And I think, Sarah, this goes hand in hand with what you were saying mm-hmm. about her authenticity. I think about Antihero Antihero actually is an exception to what I just said. Um, This is a song about her sort of deconstructing her identity as the biggest pop singer in the world. And in the video, she's like a Godzilla-like monster for part of it. And Mm -hmm. she is aware that her fame has placed her in rarefied air. She really doesn't have any peers. And she sort of imagines this long-term relational wreckage all around her. And it's a very clever song. It's a very self-aware song. Um, I found it a very sad song. I mean, Mm. not in a, you know, cry yourself to sleep way, but I think it would be really hard to be her. And so if you have teen or tween daughters, especially who are drawn into her magnetic appeal, and there are lots of them. The Swifties are legion and don't cross them because they will come for you. <laughs> right. Um, I think just being aware of Taylor Swift's popularity, understanding it and even familiarizing yourself with the lyrics of some of these songs so that you can have these conversations is hugely important. And I also think it's pretty legitimate to say, you know what, we're going to press the pause button on this for right now. But every family has to navigate that with their kids. Um, so yeah. I know this has been a sort of free-flowing conversation, Jonathan. Well, and, and let's open up to you as our listeners, because I'm, honestly, there's yeah. parents out there who are like, no, absolutely not. Absolutely. There's other parents that are probably like, eh, just don't, you know, don't even worry about it. I, Taylor's on the okay side. And there's others that might be like, no, you got to kind of watch how much, and it might be more in the middle or, or use it for conversation, but make sure that, you know, it's not in the bedroom at night, whatever. I, I don't know. Where, where do you stand? I'm curious, listeners. Yeah. Why don't you jump on the comment section of our podcast and tell us? We would love to hear from you. Um, what do you think the answer is? Because guess what? We're not all going to agree on this one, but I'd be really curious what y'all think. Yeah. And you can let us know on Facebook or Instagram as well. Those are other places you yeah. can share your thoughts or just send us an email at team at the plugged in show.com. And as often the case, I suspect that we have not completely plumbed the depths of this conversation completely, but I hope that we have given you some fodder to think about and, yeah. and maybe maybe a way of approaching it or a new thought that you haven't had before. And as Jonathan said, we would love to hear from you. So I'd love to. Thanks guys. 
Well, as promised, joining me for our second segment today is Kennedy Unthank. Hello. Hello. To talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Kennedy, I mentioned it in the intro. I find it somewhat staggering and it makes me feel even older than I already feel to think about the fact that this franchise has been around. no longer in its teens. Right, right. This franchise is only 15 years from getting its AARP card. (laughs) And yet somehow, as happens in franchises in the entertainment world, its characters are staying young. So we have this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It seems like kind of a a reboot or a reset or a re-something movie to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like, you know, there are always old franchises doing new things to try to appeal to a new audience. If someone's coming to this for the first time, if you've got young kids, tell us a little bit about the story and the kind of things we can expect here. Yeah, well, Adam, you know the saying, you can't teach an old turtle new tricks, which is why we are here for the, I believe, the seventh standalone film that has been produced for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> we could also say you can you can lead a turtle to water, but you can't make him drink, right? Yeah, we, well, we could say that, but it, <laughs> I don't think it's particularly relevant to this conversation. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Well, back on track, Kennedy. Yes. Tell yes. us about what's going on here. Yeah, so in this uh, story, it's yet another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles origin story. Okay. Um, we get to uh, see how they came to be. Uh, the story is that there is this kind of mad genetic scientist who creates this this ooze, this green ooze, as it's always green and it's always oozy. It's always green and it's always oozy. Um, he has kind of escaped his genetic company and they're hunting him down. And when they get to his house, they manage to stop him, but not before they accidentally knock this vial of green ooze down into the sewer where it Ooh. lands on these four unsuspecting turtles and a rat. Oh. Um, now, if you're wondering why I included a rat, that's because... I was wondering. The turtles are uh, raised by Master Splinter, who is uh, kind of their uh, ninjutsu master their and sensei. also father figure. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, the four turtles, they are Donatello, Raphael, Leonardo, and Michelangelo. And more than anything, they just want to be in the human world. They find it fascinating. They find all the lights and all the culture. They find it super cool. Guys, if we weren't monsters that were shunned by society and we could do what we wanted, Ah! what would you guys do? Go to high school. Maybe get a girlfriend. Can you imagine that? Not likely. But and pizza thing, too, right? Yes, and pizza. That's the staple of the franchise. <laughs> um, however, uh, people don't find giant mutants that cool. Mm. And so, especially uh, from Master Splinter's kind of his own little origin story when he tried to go into the human world and they chased him away, they tried to kill him. And so he's kind of said, no, we're going to stay in the sewers. Uh, But the turtles, they really, I mean, they want to go to high school. They want to experience what it's like to just be normal. Um, And so they come up with a plan. And that plan is to capture this super bad criminal who's been making all the headlines lately and they're going to capture him bring him to justice so that people will see that they are actually heroes rather than villains okay so what can we expect along the way i'm guessing there's some humor and some violence and but probably some surprises too that that people might not be expecting is that right yeah i mean that, that's the basic summary of it. Uh, they are, I believe, canonically 15 years old. Canonically. Um, so they 
all four of them are going to be making a lot of jokes that you might expect from that age range. There's going to be some toilet humor, a few, you know, crass comments. Mm -hmm. Um, What was more surprising to me, though, was there are these dark moments that are kind of like reminiscent of Into the Spider-Verse. Okay. Which I bring up intentionally because a lot of people have been comparing the art style of the film to that. But if you remember in Into the Spider-Verse, very early on, you get this pretty dark scene where the original Spider-Man of Miles Morales's universe is murdered. Mm. And it's like, oh, wow, that just happened. Right. Uh, you have a few of those kind of scenes in this movie as well. In particular, I was thinking about uh, basically the villain that they're fighting is this mutated horsefly. Hmm. Uh, because there are other mutants who are going Is he played around. by Jeff Goldblum by chance? He's actually played by Ice Cube. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. Um, but he gets these criminals to steal something for his machine that he's building. And after they do it, the, these human criminals, uh, we kind of see this shot of the van that they were in. And he goes into the van, and you don't see what happens, but you hear them scream, these deathly screams. You see the van shaking violently, and suddenly their screams are cut off, and you later hear that they were murdered by the superfly. Yikes. That sounds actually way more intense than I would have thought for an animated Ninja Turtles movie that's rated PG, right? Yeah, and that's really, I think, what needs to be said about this overall, is you might, as I was, you might get a bit kind of coaxed in by Mm -hmm. the pg rating uh because when i think pg i typically think oh this won't have that many issues right um at least issues that shouldn't be above an age 13 level obviously um but i would definitely rate this more at a pg 13 level okay um i did see quite a few children at the screener that i went to yeah and i heard one of the kids was crying at one point and now obviously i can't confirm that that was because of the movie might have just but, been out of popcorn yeah yeah he's just out of popcorn but but there were definitely some parts where i thought man if i was like eight or something i feel like i would be pretty scared at this moment yeah well and i think the reality is and we say this a lot at plugged in is that not all kids are the same mm-hmm. you know some are you know stuff just bounces off of them but if you've got sensitive kids if you've got kids that are really um sensitive to particular images or even the suggestion of dying. I know my youngest, whenever anybody would die in a movie, she'd be like, are you going to die? I'm like, well, no. And well, how do you know? And like, boom, she's totally got me. Right. And so these are the sorts of movies where I think that particular dark and grim Mm -hmm. and suggestive content, even if it's not graphic, there may be younger kids out there that are really bothered by it. Yeah. You're, you're not likely to see any blood. And right. whatsoever, because I, I believe if there was, it would have to be PG-13. Yeah. Uh, almost confirmed. Yeah. But uh, you do have those moments. Like I said, people do die off screen. You have uh, Superfly's whole shtick is that he's kind of a juxtaposition of the Ninja Turtles. Okay. Where he has likewise been rejected by society. Okay. And because he was rejected by society, now he says, I want to kill them all. Wow. And so his whole plan is he wants to kill as many humans as he can, and any of the ones that are remaining, he's going to subjugate them. Wow. Um, and you, <laughs> when you're dealing with these topics, I mean, there's a quote he says at one point where he's kind of explaining his plan to the Turtles, and he's, he says, yeah, we're going to make some of them into entertainment, 
others were going to eat others <laughs> were just gonna were gonna kill all the others you know and wow. so it gets pretty dark at times and wow. i think it, it should really be noted just there is these moments that are just really dark but at the same time yeah uh the plot is really good for someone who has never seen a ninja turtles movie. yeah i was gonna ask about that too um now you might be thinking you know this is 40 years old right there's no way i'm gonna be able to hop into this but i'll be honest i i've or never crawl into it i never really grew up caring much about the ninja turtles mm-hmm. um so i felt like i'd be a pretty good case study for this movie um I knew very little past their names, honestly. Um, but I understood exactly what was happening. Uh, the world building's great. Um, and some of the messages are pretty redemptive. I yeah, think I was going to ask about that too. The main theme of this movie is about this acceptance. And not only acceptance, but acceptance despite what the world might think of you. Hmm. Um, as we're talking about, like I said, humans don't really like the mutants. Uh, the Ninja Turtles are well aware of this. Mm. Um, and there comes a point when they even they look at each other and they say, look, I don't think they're ever going to accept us. Mm. But that doesn't mean that we stop fighting in order to protect these people. Mm. And it's a really impactful, powerful moment when they realize, no, this is wrong. I don't care if they're still, even after this, if people are still going to mistreat us. Mm. We can't let this happen. Well, it seems like there's a lot both on the positive side of the ledger and maybe a surprising amount of potentially problematic content, especially for younger viewers Mm -hmm. to grapple with here. So thanks for unpacking that. And as always, you can go to PluggedIn.com and find Kennedy's full review and you'll find a link to that review in the show notes for today's episode. Well, I'm going to hijack this podcast a little bit because we're going into a game that I like to call, and many people actually like to call, Would You Rather? Mm. So we have brought in our producer, Ashley. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Kennedy. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Awesome. Now, you probably already know how Would You Rather is played, but we're going to simplify it just a little bit for the sake of time on our podcast. Because time is precious. Time is indeed precious. So in this segment, I have 60 different questions of preferences for Adam, uh, but he has to get through as many of them as he can in 30 seconds. All he's going to do is tell us which of two or maybe three things he prefers. Oh, three. Um, Now, he can interpret it however he'd like. He can uh, make those judgments however he likes he doesn't even need to explain himself we just want him to be put on the hot seat so that you can get a bit of a better understanding Mm. of what he thinks about certain things and so you can maybe argue with him in the comments (laughs) i love that i mean who doesn't love to argue and also we'd like to note that ashley is here serving in the role of well time lord Yes. That's Doctor uh, Doctor Who, Who, right? Yeah. Yes. I'm not a Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. That's okay. I'm not a Doctor Who Ian, and I guess we're going to find out other things that I both am and am not. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, Kennedy, I'm going to go first with answers, and then we're going to flip flop it, right? And I'm going to ask you yes, questions. Yes, sir. All right. All right. All right. Are you ready, Adam? Uh, of course I am. Let's All do right. it. Here we go. Comedy or drama? Drama. The Lord of the Rings or Star Wars? Star Wars. Watch a movie in the theater or at home? Theater. Animation or live action? Live action. Texting or calling? Calling. Will Ferrell or Adam Sandler? Will Ferrell. Laptop or desktop? Uh, uh, Laptop. Xbox or PlayStation? Xbox. Super Mario Bros. or The Legend of Zelda? 
Legend of Zelda. And Erase, Superman, or The Flash? I'll go with The Flash. The X-Files or The Twilight Zone? Oh, X-Files. All but right. Wow, nice. So you got through 12. Okay, so do Very I pick good. up on the list where you left off? I think that would be more interesting. Yeah, I think so too. All right. All right, we're now handing the list. Old school. It's paper, on paper. Paper sounds. It's on paper. It's real. It's not <laughs> virtual. It's real paper. All right. So, are you ready? I am ready. Here we go. Streaming movies or DVD player? DVD player. Captions or no captions? Captions. Marvel or DC? Marvel. James Cameron or Christopher Nolan? Christopher Nolan. Alien or Predator? Alien. In Civil War, who was more right? Iron Man or Captain America? Captain America. Best live action Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, or Tom Holland? Uh, Andrew Garfield. Oh, it's wrong answer. <laughs> Bluetooth or wired headphones? Uh, wired. X-Wing or TIE Fighter? TIE Fighter. Mm. Nice, guys. Well, fun. let me count them up here, you know, because I was an English major. Counting is hard for me. Give me just a second. I think you got eight. Eight. So, Ooh. Ashley, does that make me the winner? Well, is there a winner? I think the winner it is feels our like, audience because we oh, all have learned more about you too. Honestly, I, I think I the winner is that. just whoever is going to get the least uh, angry comments. Hmm. Okay. So, in a very postmodern way, we're defining winning. Not by who actually won, but in other metrics. By yes. bandwagon. Is that right? Yes. Okay. I just wanted to do. I just wanted to point that out because it it felt like I won, but it would be churlish <laughs> of me to rub it in everybody's face. If you at this need to point. win, Adam, you are <laughs> you, the winner. You can win, Adam. Well anytime somebody says it's not a contest, you can be sure that it is. <laughs> and on that note, I want to say thanks for joining us today as we've talked about Taylor Swift. And turtles, what do you think about either one of those subjects? Not just turtles in general, of course, but teenage mutant. But you Ninja know, no turtles. shame if you do. Well, enjoy that's true. Turtles. I mean, if you have a great story about when your box turtle staged a breakout and disappeared, hmm. honestly, that's probably a ninja turtle. That was probably a ninja turtle. And, you know, if you have a fan of either of these franchises in your home, we would love to hear a story about how you are navigating. Those things. So how do you connect with us? I'm glad you asked. You can always find us on Facebook or Instagram or shoot us an email at team at com. We also want to remind you that you can connect with us a couple of other ways as well. You can go to thepluggedinshow.com and leave us a voicemail. Oh, so Ooh. 1990s. And yet the personal touch of your voice and if we like what you have to say and, and of course like your voice, we might even use that clip on the show. Just look for the vertical voicemail tab on the right of the page. We want to hear from you there. And also on Monday at 3 Mountain Time, we are live on Instagram for the Plugged In Show Aftercast. Each week we talk about last week's show, the current show coming up, and the box office. And frankly, it's probably as close as we're ever going to come to getting fired because it's <laughs> it's unscripted. It is... It's a lot of fun. It's a free-for-all. And we have fun. We laugh. It's a great time. Um, recently, I said something wrong. The wrong word came out of my <laughs> mouth. And Paul AC was in tears. He was laughing so hard. Actually, I'm not even sure we recovered after that. So um, we want you to get to know us and we want to get to know you. And that is a great place for you to join us on Instagram. And you can chime in with your comments and we will interact with you there. And be sure to turn on your notifications so that you get a reminder when we go live on Instagram at 
plugged in team each week. And finally, we want to remind you to sign up for our e-newsletter. That gives you information each week about the reviews and things that we have published, as well as what's happening on the Plugged In Show. And you can find a link to that in the episode notes for today's show. Well, thanks as always for spending some time with us this week at the Plugged In Show. We know you have lots of ways you could spend your time, and we are honored that you have chosen to use some of that time with us. And we look forward to joining you again next week on another episode of the Plugged In Show. It's time to level up. Give your kids a safe, faith-focused, and biblically-based community, and so much more. Join the Adventures in Odyssey Club. Club members get on-demand access to the exciting Adventures in Odyssey series, including more than 900 episodes. With faith-building activities, parental controls, and a safe online community, the Adventures in Odyssey Club could be your best adventure yet. Learn more and start your free trial at adventuresinodyssey.com slash radio.